In this episode, I appear on the You Own the Experience podcast with the great Rob Mann and Lauren Jones. Listen in on our wonderful conversation as we discuss the danger of shadow processes in your team's workflows, honoring everyone's learning style when thinking about training and development, and the importance of roadmapping your tech stack and your people's career path in your organization. Hi, I'm Courtney Harmon, Staffing and Recruiting Industry Principal at Crelate. Over the past decade, I've trained thousands of frontline recruiters and I've worked with hundreds of business owners and executives to help their firms and agencies grow. This is the Full Desk Experience, where we will be talking about growth blockers across your people, processes, and technologies. Courtney <laughs> Harmon, how the hell are you? Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you so much for having me. I've smiled nothing but from picking up the phone. So this is a great. Yep. We educational, good time. We try to put those things together. All right. If you're not familiar with Courtney, she is the host of a kick-ass podcast called the Full Desk Podcast. Obviously, that's reference to having a 360 desk. But she's also the staffing and recruiting industry principal at Crelate, which is an ATS CRM. Been around in the industry for a while. And Lauren and I love the content that Courtney has been putting out. So we had to have her on the show. So do you want to say a quick hello and give a little quick, quick breakdown of you? Don't make it too long because I know you're your host. Her producer of her podcast gets mad when she talks about her software too much. I love it. Katie, if you're listening. Um, we got to make Katie happy. I love it. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Obviously, our podcast is fairly new. We launched in September. So one of the things that Crilly is passionate about is truly giving back in the form of content. I don't know if everybody knows this, but Crilly actually stands for creating relationships. So, and that's Ooh, what like we're that. here to do. Yeah. And honestly, I didn't know that until after I got hired either. So, and I thought that it was really, it was really unique. And the idea that all of us here, uh, there's a lot of us that were hired within industry and we're deliberately investing in people, deep roots and giving back. So that's essentially the, the concept of the podcast as well is to give back in the form of content. So we do workshops, we do interviews and I love it. So I had Lauren on our podcast and I'm so excited to be on your yes. guests. Yes, so, we had a good time. Yeah, and we're going to do a crossover okay. event. Everybody listening, we're going to do a crossover event at Thrive Live, which I'm cheering and it's going to be amazing. So you better be there. I was just grateful that they include me in these events for women because, you know. <laughs> we do. Rob's going to be there, Courtney. He is our ally champion. He comes to Thrive. He does whatever he's told. It's amazing. <laughs> we'll give him a set of pom-poms. He'll be great. Oh, I am, I am fantastic yes. with the set of pom-poms. You right. chaired. Being with pom-poms might be amazing. All right. Don't don't threaten me with a good time. So guys, what we actually came to talk about with Courtney today was something we're all very passionate about, which is, and these two themes are going to tie together very, very neatly. This idea of platform, of having everything in your system of record, and the influence that learning and development and ongoing learning and development and good onboarding uh, really have in it. And Courtney, you have a pretty significant background in L&D, in some pretty large organizations in the industry. So maybe like you could deliver this however you think, but like the pitfalls or the the best practices of helping your recruiters stay in the system and using all the tech that you guys, maybe the easiest way to break that. You know, that's a great question. So I think it not only it comes down to the people that are in our offices that are working, but a lot of times we see growth within organizations and it's something that 
adoption, we often see struggle, right? But then we oftentimes don't look back at the process. Do we have a defined process? Do we have a defined way of doing things? Or are we just going with our lead salesperson or our lead recruiter to be able to drive what's right in our organization? So I think being from MRI, working with new franchise owners, you really saw that from the ground up. It's someone that's investing in a business. But what does that foundational building block look like? What does good look like as I start to try to think of scale, right? So I think number one is really having a defined way. Lauren, I'm sure you've seen it a bunch of times. Like, well, they're not doing what I want them to do. Well, has it been communicated to them that you want them to do it a certain way? Oftentimes it's no. And number two is really the idea of being able, it's not just about training coming into an organization, but it's also helping people develop. I mean, we see that with retention in organizations today, but being able to upskill people, being able to develop them. And oftentimes our younger generations aren't even taking jobs without looking to see what kind of development an organization offers. So don't just think about onboarding training where you can have a big influence on that. I went in my last organization just by creating a baseline training, we were able to increase gross margin by like 146% within the first three months of production. So that is huge. But what does that mean long-term? How do we develop those people? Do we get the help get them certifications or what else is on the list for them? They really need to know a path in order to stay and retain those people. By the way, we're good friends of Talent Launch on the podcast. Aaron was our first guest ever. Interesting, I love it. Because I was working at Able when we, when we started this bad boy. Lauren was yep. our third guest or fourth guest. And then she became mm-hmm. a contributor and then a Couldn't get rid co-host, of me. by the way. It's a little history. Little history. But what I, so what I think I, what I heard was that we always say, hey, if you don't have a good tech stack, then you know, your new recruits, your new recruiters are going to you know, maybe not be as attracted to you, right? And then we're adding on to that with this. What I think I heard you say is you need to have learning, like training and development, upskilling, where their career path is going, already laid out for them because they're going to start asking. They're going to be asking those questions when they interview you because we are in kind of this cycle now where where the employee or the potential employee is interviewing the organization and you got to have that stuff together. You have to be an employer of choice. The data is behind this, right? So in my most recent keynote, you know, I, I was talking about There are three customers when we think about user experience. And so often agencies just think about the candidate and the customer. But over 80% of recruiters in our industry, this is from SIA, are now looking at an agency's tech stack as either an attractor or a detractor because recruiters want to be competitive. They're very competitive individuals. If they feel like they don't have the tools that they need to get their job done or perform at peak performance, they are going to move on. You will not be the agency of choice. So it is no longer a client imperative or an agency imperative that you need to digitally transform to scale or do all of these things. It is an imperative to attract great talent. And so, you know, now I think there's even more responsibility to ensure that you put time, care, and consideration into the technology that you invest in. I love it. And Courtney, what was the stat again when you started the training and development for the gross margin? It was 146% over three months. And that progressed. We not only created new hire training, obviously, they came in, they either went through a recruiter training or a sales training, but they really got one-on-one attention after that. So a lot of times our organizations don't have time to develop that one-on-one training. 
they look at a metric and say, okay, we'll just go do more of that in order to excel or succeed in this organization. But in reality, it's not always that. The do more mentality is great. And we know that phone calls really, you know, they lead to good things just by picking up the phone. But being able to coach people differently is where you can say, you know what, I notice you've been making these types of calls, having a lot of meetings, but maybe it's just, maybe it could be working different for you or having a different ratio or rate that you'd expect. So instead of just beating your head against the wall is really focusing on the things that we can do better. Is it your script? Is it your workflow? And your, are you following where your organization has led or your technology to use a sequencing tool or to use these things to work smarter and not harder? Or you're calling at the wrong time because physicians don't get off until 7 p.m. Yeah. Or most people don't leave their job until five. Yeah. I love the individualized coaching. So look, the way that people learn, everyone is different, right? You have your kinesthetic learner, you know, your tactile learner, your auditory learner, your visual learner. And it does put a large responsibility on what is normally in our industry, very small training departments. So how do you honor the different ways that people learn to ensure and you do it with a reasonable budget. Because I think this is where, you know, we, we butt up against the want versus need. And, you know, we all want to have a 12-person training department that, you know, goes and spend individualized time with everyone. But we know that that's not the reality. And typically, you know, training, marketing, um, those are the departments that get cut first because, which Rob and I have said time and time again, we think that's the dumbest thing ever because when the tough gets going, marketing is the one that's going to pull you through. But alas, we digress. We don't make those decisions. Yeah, we're, right? we're not making those. Well, not yet. One day. All right, we'll be making those decisions for people. Uh, we're, we're not necessarily making those decisions. In many cases, we have influence upon those decisions with customers that we're working with. But at the end of the day, that's not our call. So there's tons of technology to honor that. But I think it starts with and starts and ends with the stack, how easy it is to use. I hate saying tech stack, you know, the ecosystem that you've you've built, the platform that you are scaling. The platform what, that you built, Lauren. Happened. I know. Right? And you, uh, I, my, I think but, platform that you're scaling is the best way we've said it. Yeah. yeah and that platform that you're scaling is everything integrate. And I think integration absolutely 100% has an impact on retention of content. And Courtney, you, yeah, you shared a great points on this before. Yeah. One of my favorite things and what we kind of see oftentimes as we're adding these new shiny technologies is really the idea of this shadow process, right? Something that may be happening outside of our system. It's really, you have this playbook, you have this methodology of how you want your business done, but maybe you've added something outside, hold on to your ETS, and maybe they just don't talk to each other to give you the actual metrics that your team's completing. So maybe only have half the picture, half the data, half the decision-making abilities to run your business the way you want to. So it's never more important than now to make sure those systems integrate, to make sure they talk, to help you make business decisions, because it does help give you that holistic view of your business. And we're adding technologies by the day. I mean, I watch Lauren's Tech Talk Tuesday, where she tells all of her wonderful things every Tuesday. And I know other people are listening to that kind of stuff, and they're adding to, to their organization's Weekly, monthly, quarterly. Yeah. Lauren, by the way, it is Tuesday. So a, a technology Tuesday is probably... Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. I got one chambered. <laughs> sorry, Lauren. Uh, sorry. That's we're, all right. We, I love technology Tuesday. We're having lots of inside jokes. But 
The, yes, uh, yes, everybody who's listening, I thought today was Monday. Okay, it was an aging thing. I didn't realize that I'd already been through Monday. But that just tells you how committed I am to all of my customers is that I work night and day and don't even know what day it is. <laughs> oh, look at this. That was a soapbox. Like, hold on. Did you can you put your soapbox away? All right. I will. Um, Let me step down. Hang on a sec. Hold yeah, my yeah. beer. <laughs> all right. So shadow processes that happen outside. Going back to the, to the actual conversation. Oh, by the way, Lord, there's no transformation without. Without integration, guys, come on. If we really got to work on this call and repeat here. I know. If you want to have your technology, your ecosystem, your platform adopted, it does have to be easy to use. And what's easier than when it's integrated and you're having one experience? So this idea of pivoting all over from one technology to the other does not create the stickiness that you need to create long-term learning. Lauren, I'm really excited for you to... uh to lead a chant of that as we kick off Engage. That's my new idea for Engage. Like you say, there's no transformation and everyone yells at you back from the audience. I say transformation, you say integration. (laughs) All right, that's what we're doing. Okay, Okay. so I think, Courtney, that there is this, something that I kind of preach when I go in and do an assessment is I ask the organization to reverse demo back to me how they're, this might just be like a simple like, hey, are you ready for automation kind of conversation? And I make them reverse demo back to me how they do things. And then I ask them how much that actually happens as they just showed me. And I usually try to get a recruiter or a salesperson who's at the field on that reverse demo. And without getting anybody in trouble, I'm like, hey, like, how often does this actually happen this way? And is there anything you do outside of, of whatever system? Usually it is bullhorn, but you know, whatever's happening outside of the system, it could be any system, right? It's just the way the system of record works. And I do feel like there's a little bit of uh, fibbing that happens when I do it. So I kind of like take, I figure like 30% of it's false. But shadow processes will kind of kill the momentum of using your system of record. Now, at MRI and at Talent Launch, did did you find yourself fighting that a lot? Like MRI was different because they were all essentially offices of their own. There was no joint reporting with that. Talent Launch, it was interesting. It was to be able to come in and see how each of those 10 operating companies were working was very interesting because maybe someone was using, they were at that point in time using Bullhorn, but there was like one office was using a node action type for one method. One was using it for another. And it was like, okay, that's great. I love that. But in reality, what that was doing, it was reporting up numbers to the leadership and executive team that they were thinking that they understood what their organizations were doing, but there was a disconnect because well, everybody wasn't using that term or that action type the right way. And it was eye-opening. So it was where we really went back to that baseline training to say, all right, we're revamping these. We're really understanding what these notes mean. We're really understanding where these process maps. When the idea of we're adding a new conversation or adding a new piece of the workflow or a new technology, this is where you record it. This is how you record it. It might sound very tedious, but it was the idea. It was almost like getting everybody on the same page. And with that being said, I also own communications there because let's face it, all of our internal communications was about technology changes, about new contests that were going on. It was all based around learning for the organization, certifications. So it was really, I think it was eye-opening for everybody to understand that just because it was one thing doesn't mean everyone was using it that same way. So to level set that and get everyone on the same page was crucial. Wait, and you said something at the beginning that was really important. And that is that idea of 
road mapping your training content, you know, career pathing, having transparency in that process is wildly impactful to adopting the training that you're providing. And, you know, little things. It's so funny to me that I did a certification process at the end, my old organ in a previous life, I did the certification process. And wouldn't you know, when I gave them a little logo that they got to have next to their signature, oh my God, we saw this massive increase in people attending the trainings all for a little logo that they were going to get next to their signature. And there were three of them. So of course, everybody wanted all the flair. So they were going to do all the training to get all the signature flair. And that was all that it took to incentivize the behavior that we wanted. It doesn't take this massive incentive package to get people to do certain things. It's really just rewarding and recognizing the hard work that goes into learning a new system or learning a new workflow or what have you. And there are inexpensive methods of training. Uh, we've uh, partnered with WhatFix, yeah. right? That's embedded training. And that's a beautiful way to get all sort of learning types to learn, but it doesn't take a ton of money and it doesn't take a ton of thought. Well, it's super interesting, Lauren, because I, and Courtney, maybe you can give your thoughts on this too. This idea that having a platform doing training well doesn't have to be super expensive. And in my mind, it goes back to having good people leading those functions. Because if you want things to be cost effective, you need good talent helping you with it. And if you need to attract good talent, you probably need to have good technology. This sounds like it's a flywheel of either hell for you if you don't want to invest in good people or an incredible opportunity to grow your organization in in a positive way. Courtney, what have your experiences been? I 100% agree. I think we see, I think there's a small percentage that people actually use the software they have in hand. So having people become accountable for their own software or their own process is really where I saw a lot of people excel. There are a lot of people that are techie and nerdy and they're like, oh my gosh, let me involved in this. They just wanted to do that to help make processes easier for everybody. So I think it's really crucial to have, and I'm saying this coming from a software company, but have someone who understands the ins and the outs of your platform to understand, are you using it to the full extent? There's a lot, I mean, we have a lot of features that there are a lot of offices that are like, I didn't even know you had that. Or I didn't see what the latest updates were. I didn't know how that impacted my organization. So I think that is number one is make sure you have a team or a person or a resource dedicated to that because that truly is understanding where you're going. Make sure we're making our processes easier. But if you don't have someone leading that charge, it's going to kind of get lost in the wayside. So would you, this might be more controversial than I I want it to be, but like, would you say that you could actually do digital transformation more effectively if you just had a person in charge of it, if you're paying someone to be in charge of it part-time or like half-time or or full-time. And it doesn't always have to be someone outside or that's what they're doing, but just to to kind of keep your eye on the prize, the concept of that. I mean, Lauren and her organization, they do amazing things and they come in. That's not what someone individually can do, but just even to say, oh my gosh, there's a new feature. We can improve our skill marketing process or we can improve, (laughs) maybe it's time, sales hasn't been a muscle that we've had to flex so frequently. So let's go back to make sure our sales process is mapped appropriately with our technology. So we're getting the right read on our metrics to know we have better forecasting. So I think it just comes down to, yes, I think 
yes, essentially having someone in charge of that will help the end goal of what you're trying to achieve. But that doesn't always have to be that one person. I know I was that person at other organizations, even when I was running a desk, I was like, hey, Courtney, how do you create a form? Or hey, Courtney, how do you do this? So there are people that are passionate about it that will help to drive your outcome. So when I was in my my last full-time recruiting gig, we had a person in charge of the platform. That person was also in charge of learning and development. And that person was also in charge of the ongoing training slash communications around it. So it seems like very similar, Courtney, to what you were doing. So what Courtney is referring to is what we call like a change champion or a subject matter expert. And those can be leveraged in a really powerful way. Training has to go hand in hand with like internal digital marketing. You have to prepare people for the change appropriately. We would love eight weeks. If you would let us campaign for eight weeks, we would take it. You know, four weeks is the norm. And it's the minimum that I'll allow before we do some big change because you need to make sure the change is coming in front of your end users so they don't freak out. Because when they freak out, the visceral reaction is, I'm not listening to you. You're making me do something and I won't be told what to do. That's just human nature, right? We don't naturally like being told what to do. And so making sure that you have that digital marketing and then combine that with change champions, the ones that are so excited, like you, Courtney, right? You were the end user that was excited about the change, that embraced it, that wanted to learn all the things about it. There are naturally and organically those people in your organization, finding them and enabling them in a change champion or a subject matter expert, whatever you want to call it way, is a great way to have this peer-to-peer connection that so not only can a training culture help with that stickiness and retention, but it can also bring your people closer together in really great ways. So I'm a huge fan of the idea of of having these change champions. All right. Courtney, any last thoughts on this like L&D and platform conversation we were partaking in with lots of fits of laughter? A lot of fits of laughter, that is for sure. Really, it comes down to making sure that you don't have to do this all at once. Like it's really the idea of, yeah, you want to make sure these processes are are taught or you want to make sure that you're doing the things the right way. But it doesn't have to be like a revamp all at once. Like I have to change everything right now. Start with one process at a time. Start with one value add at a time. Start with one champion at a time. Whatever that means. I think it's really the idea of us as leaders to help empower those people within our organization. Not only is that training and change management and foundational process of building really going to help us in the long term on our own, but it's going to also show for the people that work for us. It's going to help with our retention overall. It's going to help not only make more money for our organizations, but more money for our individual contributors as well. So uh, really coming down to the idea of taking one bite at a time, realizing and understanding the value and the difference that training can make within your organization. Just because you've had a senior recruiter doesn't mean that they couldn't or shouldn't be a part of a improv session for other people to listen to them or to learn new things. We are all all here and to be lifelong learners is only going to make everyone better in the long run. Love it. And for the recruiters and salespeople and the leaders that lead them that listen to this podcast, let me just tell you something right now. I'm going to leave you with like some very stern words of wisdom. It is imperative for you to know or have some expectation of your partner and the way that they use technology. And let me explain. I have a, a customer, you know, we're doing this really large training rollout. And the attitude 
what we did was we totally changed the way and it was all users on the same call because I want recruiters to learn what the expectations are for salespeople. I want salespeople to learn what the expectations are for recruiters. And you know what? When we did the survey on day one, everybody was mad that they wasted their time having to listen to the recruiter's response. That's not my job. Let me tell you, it is all your job. And you are only limiting yourself with that kind of attitude. You need to know and have some level of expectation for your sales partner or your recruiting partner. And cutting that off or being irritated by it or not learning it is, again, only limiting your ability to be successful. So learn all the parts. What do you have to lose? That's my soapbox. A little bit extra to get really fresh. You got to do a little bit extra to get promoted. (laughs) Oh, that happened. That's right. right, Got it. That's right. (laughs) That's real. All right. Real talk from LJ. Courtney, this has been fantastic. Lauren, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Yes, I did. I did. I folded it up and put it away. A little foldable soapbox. It's cool. Happy birthday, Courtney. Oh, thank you very much. Thanks, Courtney. (laughs) Thank you, Courtney. We appreciate it. I'm Courtney Harmon with Crillate. Thanks for joining the Full Desk Experience. Please feel free to submit any questions for next session to fulldesk at crillate.com or ask us live next session. If you enjoyed our show, be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen and sign up to attend future events that happen once a month.